citizens of the internet. What I'd like to know is where did you get the confidence from to make ignorance. a with such ignorance, sheer ignorance, you know, there's no confidence to equal it. It's only when you know something about a profession, I think, that you're timid or careful. Or How does ignorance show itself? I thought you could do anything with a camera that the eye could do or the imagination could do. And if you come up from the bottom in the film business, you're taught all the things that the cameraman doesn't want to attempt for fear he will be criticized for having failed. Yes. And in this case, I had a cameraman who didn't care if he was criticized if he failed. And I didn't know that there were things you couldn't do. So I, anything I could think up in my dreams, I attempted to photograph. You got away with enormous technical advances, didn't you? Simply by not knowing that they were impossible, or theoretically impossible. Yeah. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Citizens of the Internet. Christmas edition. Christmas edition. And to get a little bit Christmassy, today we're going to be talking about cults. Mm-hmm. And we watched this documentary on uh, HBO called The Vow. Yep. And it's about a man who requires everyone to make a vow to him. Um, yeah, let's go into that. How do you feel about Keith? Okay, so... Keith Rainier, that guy, interesting fellow, right? Like off the bat, when you look at him, you can tell there's something off about him. And not in a psychopathic way, just more so he's one of those guys you wouldn't expect it because he seems so innocent and he seems so non-threatening. Kind of like Ted Bundy, right? Kind of like Ted Bundy. He reminded me of Ted Bundy a bit. And so... He gets under your radar because you don't see him as a threat, but he's more of a psychological threat. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's very smart. And not is he just smart. He's also a judo champion. So he, he knows how to size people up. He knows. I don't to, think he was. I think that was a lie. I think he. Really? I think he, he got you with that. Yeah. Um, he said he was a judo champ at like the age of nine or something like that. Like. And then he never actually proved. I feel like someone like him, he would prove it, right? Because if he's just so egotistical mm -hmm. that he would have proved it. Those are all just words. And just everything he's accomplished has all been a scam from the beginning. But he had those, you know, they, they were showing videos of him doing judo as a kid. Yeah, but I don't know. He might have embellished it. I, I think so. Maybe, maybe. Where are the medals? Where, I mean, they, should, they saw videos, but where are the medals and where are the trophies? Yeah, and, and it really... And the, you know, the sports that he was playing was volleyball. He never really got his group doing judo. Or yeah, like judo. if he was so good at judo, and I mean, I'm sure he'd be passionate about it and want to teach his people. Mm -hmm. or, or he knew the power of judo, and if he taught them, they would probably overthrow him. Maybe, you know, with, with people like that, with people in the cult, they want to keep all the power at top. So they won't really reveal to you all the information or give you the same information or knowledge that they have because they want to keep you a little bit under them. Yeah. They have 100% of the knowledge and they'll give you like 20 of it. But yeah. make you feel like you have 100. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
so you know in in the sh- in the show they were saying certain terms and phrases right and a, and a term that really that i liked i feel like it was uh the high control group mm-hmm. the, that's what they called it right they're like uh how do you know it's a cult and then she mentioned high control group and then you know it clicked like oh yeah this this might be the cult right and so, so can you go into high control yeah so you know a high control group defined as uh, a family relationship or a social group in which the members are strongly influenced by the suggestions of the group leader mm. or the group as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keith definitely did that. Yeah. He found people who were not very attached, I think, to other things. Like they were just themselves individually. And he pulled them in, knew they had insecurities, got them to say their insecurities, and then he used their insecurities against themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and look, it all—it kind of reminded me of the Mean Girls, the movie Mean Girls, <laughs> right? Uh, what was her name? The main character's name? Who? The mean one or the yeah, the mean one? Regina George. Regina George, right? Keith was like Regina George. He was number one and then he had you know his number two and then he had the number three so the number two was the the woman her name was uh nancy nancy salzman nancy salzman and then the number two guy was mark vicente mark look at you 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 got all the names already you know mark was his number three and and the crazy thing about mark is you know mark was already in a cult before joining this cult yeah um, I believe the cult's name, ah, Ramtha School of Enlightenment. Um, and it was led by someone named Jay-Z Knight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, and wow, who claimed to be channeling a 35,000-year-old warrior deity named Ramtha. I have not actually looked into this, but that ja- that alone, I think, tells me all I need to know about who this Mark guy is. Um, so I really don't believe Mark was a victim to this, mm-hmm. maybe to like a small extent, but in no way in the same sense as the women who were part of DOS yeah. were. I'm sure Mark knew, and Mark was his second in command. So he, I'm sure Keith told him things too. And because Mark was doing a whole documentary on him, I feel like there was some self-awareness there. For sure. Uh I think Mark needs to go do some soul searching. Like, how do you how do you join a cult twice? Like, how do you how do you how do you literally join the power. a cult twice? Because he, I'm sure I don't know about how he was in the Ramtha one, but in this one he was pretty powerful. Mm. He was second in command. You think he was looking for position and status and money? I mean, that's the same thing that happened to Sarah, right? The woman side of things. Yeah, she was like, "I'm the top earner here, but I don't feel good." It seems like. They're all looking for something. You're right. They're all looking for something. And Keith. Keith, the main guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith. See, well, first, you know, he, he knows what they want. Because that's, that's what they do, right? These these leaders in high control groups. They figure out what you want. Then they tell you they can give it to you or get it to you or, or help you achieve it. Then they keep shifting the goalpost. Right? Yes. When you start working towards it, they shift the goalposts. Yes. Right? Like, you were going to say something? No, I was just listening. She, she, you know, what's her name? Sarah Paulson? <laughs> no, Sarah Edmondson? Yes. 
So Sarah Edmondson, uh, she is one of the characters in the documentary, and she came there for money. And she, you know, invested a lot of money into this. Mark was the one that pulled her in. They were friends. Mm. And then Mark was like, hey, you should really try this intensive. I've tried it and I love it. And she's like, okay. And she did not like it at first. She was like, she literally said, what the hell did you get me into, Mark? Yeah. But then I think she went to something more emotional wise. I can't remember. And like it struck a chord with her and she stayed. Mm. Yeah. At first she thought it was crazy. If only she had listened to her gut, huh? Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't have been branded. Money, right? Ooh-wee. Look what the money make a bit do. Zoo-wee <laughs> <laughs> mama. Uh, but, uh, you know, so when she is getting and moving forward within the organization, he's like, okay, if you want to make money, you got to bring more girls. You got to recruit more people. And it's all about recruiting. Yeah. And that's the whole basis of a pyramid scheme. And that's why it's called a pyramid scheme because he's at the tippy top and he trickles, like he has all these other people. And the only way that they can make a living is if they bring more people in and then he reaps all the benefits Yeah, and everyone else is suffering. But they think it's for the greater good and they think they're going to reach the tippy top too one day. Yeah. So that's why they do what they do. You know, pyramid schemes man you know like it's it's really sad to see people fall <laughs> prey to pyramid schemes right because like when i graduated high school right we all go off to college mm-hmm. and then we all get that facebook email hey what's up man what you been up to and you're like i haven't spoken to this spoken to this guy since freshman year tech class you click the email hey what's up what you been up to Oh, nothing. I got this new business idea. You want to check it out? And I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. And so, you know, you, you want to hear him out. And, it, and then he goes, oh, I'm in this energy group. And they, they tell you the yeah. spiel. And you're like, wow. That's how they. That's how it goes, though. They, I think that's one of their strategies is to reach out to everyone you know. And you guys, under the guise of like, we're just talking small talk. But mm-hmm. then it's like, I'm trying to get you in, but it's not for me. It's for you. That's what they say. Like you can be your own boss and Mm -hmm. you make the money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In my lifetime, I think I've been approached by like six MLMs. That's a lot. Wow. I'm like, why do I look like a sucker? Is that what it is? I don't don't (laughs) even think it's more so like, you know, the, the, the term you don't know if you don't try. Mm. it's like that right you might not be a sucker but who knows they might catch you in an off day because they caught me once well they got me twice twice they got me twice Dude. they got me twice no no but the way they got me was in a different <laughs> way right so the well, first time i mean be careful telling their secrets someone might use it well it was vector right you know the vector yes knives? yeah so uh vector was like you know the same email <laughs> the, uh, well, it was a letter in the mail yeah and yeah, a letter and they're like we have a job opportunity and i told my brother yeah i got a job opportunity man can you, can you drive me to the interview <gasps> you went yeah i went oh my god i was like well, I mean, why not and so my brother's like are you sure and i was like yeah yeah you know it wouldn't hurt to try and he goes oh, okay and so he, you know he drives me and i'm all excited but you know in his mind he's very skeptical i think he's laughing in his mind he's laughing at me mm-hmm. to, you know so i can see he was trying to get me out of this you know the night the naive the naive mindset that I had of the world. It was very like cushiony and pro- not even cushiony and protected, but more so it was too good to be true. Optimistic. Yes. Mm-hmm. To question things, really search. Yeah. And so, you know, we drove and 
we we got to this like office building and the office building was kind of run down. I'm like, dang. That's when the red flags start, you know, start ticking. And I walk into the building and it's, it looks, it has a smell. You know, the, the uh, inside of the lobby, they have like holes in the ceiling. And I was late to the interview anyway. So I was like 30 minutes late. So I think I missed the interview. So, 30 minutes? That's yeah. a whole interview. So, look, so you know, that's how but I But that avoided, was God, though. That was God right there. You know, <laughs> that's how I avoided joining a pyramid scheme. And but then so, it happened again. But this was different this time, right? <laughs> and so I get back to the car. My brother's like, you know, what happened? And I was like, I mean, they weren't there. And he goes, yeah, because it was a pyramid scheme. You know, vector knives. They want you to sell knives. You can go to home. De- you can go to like Walmart and get those knives. Yeah. And so, you know, he laughs at me the whole ride back home. And then I was like, okay, never again. And um, so I'm in, I go to community college and the, the, I had a friend in the, the graduating class of the community college after two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she hits me up. She's like, hey, you know, hey, you know, hey, God, so how have you been? I'm like, I've been well. She goes, oh, you know, would you like to meet up? I have a business opportunity for you. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I'm always looking for a business oh, opportunity. God. And she goes, you know, I'm only trying to like meet with the smartest and brightest people and that's how they got me, you know. They, you know, when you compliment my intelligence, I'm like, what? Tell me what more. is that? Hubris? Yes. Extreme. Look at you. Yeah, that's what got me. So I bit, and so um, she's like, meet me at Starbucks, right? I got my, I got my finest fit on, right? I'm dripped out. I catch the bus, and I think the bus was like an hour thirty, hour thirty minute bus ride. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like in my mind, running scenarios, questions, you know, possible, you know possible you know witty sayings i could i could hit them with i get there right you know she's there and there's this you know asian guy who's he <laughs> and then you know she goes oh yeah this, this is my you know this is this is my coach or this is my you know the person above me and sounding a lot like nexium yeah yeah master yeah, slave yeah. type stuff yeah, and i'm just like okay and so you know we're, we're at the starbucks by the galleria and I'm sitting down, and then he starts talking to me, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, hey guys, you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not really trying to buy what you're selling. And so I get up and leave. I'm mad. I'm, I wasted my whole day. And you had a cute fit. A cute fit. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna waste a good fit. So I went to the mall. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went. So I went to the mall. And I was walking around. I was steaming. I'm like, God, they got me. But you look good. They, I look, you know, fre- <laughs> fresh to death. You know, if I'm gonna get scammed, I'm gonna look good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they didn't. They didn't get me though. So, but they got me to the door. I never went in though. I know. At least you didn't. But man, I would never think that you did it twice. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know because she seemed. And that's how they get you. Yes. They, they, it's always like, oh, she's just so nice. Or you you have some sort of a connection with each other. Like you guys went to school together or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. So you wouldn't think that someone you know would do you like that. Well, that's, that's how they do it. You know, they want you to target friends and family because it's always the ones closest to us. We let down our guard. Yeah. Right. Like with Keith, he got that girl, India. Oh, my goodness. He wanted India. So... For the people listening, her name is India Oxford, and she is the grand- Oxenberg. India Oxenberg, thank you. And she is the granddaughter to royalty. 
right? Her on her on her mother's side, Russian and British royalty. Russian British royalty, and then on the father's side, you know, U.S. celebrity actors, Hollywood money, and you know, she she's very rich and privileged, and she wants to use her privilege for the greater good, and you know, Keith jumps on it, but she had her guard up around Keith because you know Keith's kind of weird. And she was young, I think, like 18. Really? I think she was around that age. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember, but I'm sure she was like one of the youngest. Okay. Yeah. And so he gets Allison Mack. The this, girl. Oh, God. The, the, the chick from Smallville, right? And so, you know, you know what's crazy? When I was watching the whole documentary, I'm like, ain't that the girl from Smallville? <laughs> I'm like, this... this Clark Kent. What was like? What you? What's going on? Yeah, no, yeah. I remember in 2019 when news first broke about mm-hmm. this woman. I was like, "Who's this washed up?" Like, I don't care. I just scrolled past, right? Yeah. And then this comes out. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, damn. Yeah. They got her. But apparently, there's this running joke that Allison Mack cannot go two seconds without saying she's an actress. I don't know if you noticed in the documentary, she probably said it like five times. Mm, she did. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't for if you didn't know she, she's an actress she'll tell you yeah and, and so they he keith uses allison mack as the trojan horse like a like a credibility kind of thing well so india was brought in through uh sarah um allison came first i know but so alice so india was under i don't know who india came in under india came under the girl. Sarah? Yes. Sarah Edmondson? Yes. India came in through... So Sarah recruited India. Okay. And it was India and Sarah who were buddy-buddy. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was protecting India. She was like the buffer between Keith because Keith doesn't have Sarah under his clutches. Mm-hmm. But he had Allison. So he sends Allison to go behind Sarah's back to get India. Oh. Yes. And now India... Allison treats India like a little sister, right? He takes she takes her shopping. Mm-hmm. She's hanging out with her. They're talking about, you know, girl stuff. And now they're bonding. Mm-hmm. And so boom, Allison now delivers India to Keith. That's nasty. On a silver platter mm-hmm. already. And and so, you know, that that when I thought about that, it really highlighted, you know, sex trafficking. We always talk about men, you know, be careful about men, be careful about men, but really it's the women yeah it just goes back to like the whole it's people you know or people you're familiar with that you let your guard down around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you know think about pimps right pimps when a pimp gets a new you know worker he has a top lady that is managing managing all the The women Mm -hmm. women right look at you know taz's angels so you, you know about taz's angels wow I think so, yeah. Yeah, Taz's Angels. I knew Taz's Angels was an escort group. You know, there are these Instagram girls and, you know, they're twerking and stuff. You know, they're all like, you know, different races. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, something about this. You know, you just get paid to live in a mansion and twerk. I mean, Playboy Mansion. And Hugh Hefner was sleeping with all the girls. You know. Oh. Yeah, Hugh Hefner, he made it his mission to sleep with all the girls in the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. And. This guy, Taz, you know, he has like big black glasses. You don't see him much. He's in the background. He's always with all these girls, these young girls. I'm like, nah, something up. So uh, the story starts to unravel that one of them gets arrested. 
Who's them? The woman? One of the girls in Taz's okay. Angels get, gets arrested for sex for uh, sex tra- for being a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And then she she tells. And then everyone starts getting, you know. Dang. And other people start, you know, leaving. This one chick left. So it starts falling apart. And I think the only girl left was like AB. She was like light skin, curly hair. And I think he Taz takes her phone. And the only time she can use her phone is like to prove she's not being held under captive. Is it, is it like how long ago is this? Two years ago, three years ago. Oh, do you have an update? Do you know like if I, it's I disbanded now? Well, Taz is, I don't know, but the group is still there. Like they, what? Got, they got newer girls. Oh my God. Yeah. See, there's always suckers yeah. out there. You know what's crazy? One of my one of my friends on Twitter, she got approached to be on in the Taz's Angels group. What did she say? She didn't join. She was, you know, she was 18 at the time. And her dad was very like, he was a strict dad. Like you can't go on vacation to Florida for spring break. No, well, thank be goodness. Here. Thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, thank Mr. Mr. Dad over there. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because like her friend was her her friend wanted her to go take these trips. Oh my. That's what I'm trying goodness. to tell you. Like that's, that's what these young girls, you gotta be very careful of that friend that's always about that life. Right? Because you guys are running around doing fun stuff, you know. But then like people take advantage of people, that. You know, it's not all innocent. It's not all innocence. That's sad. That's one thing my one thing my mom always told me every time I'd hang out with my friends. Before I'd leave the house, she goes, she'd tell me this story about the lizard and the rat. Oh, yes. Right. She goes, uh, one time there was a, it was raining and the rat was hanging around lizards. And, you know, it was raining a lot. And then, you know, the floodwaters rose. And the lizards wanted to get across the other side. And so the lizard swam through the water. Right. Then the rat sees what the lizards were doing and the rat tried to do the same thing the lizards did. However, the rat drowned because the, the water droplets clung onto the fur and it got very big and fell while the lizards were, you know, built very sleek. They mm-hmm. can swim through the water. And my mom was telling me the story. I was like, you know, well, one, rats are excellent swimmers. Oh, come on. <laughs> and lizards, if a lizard went through water, it would probably die because it'd lose all its body heat. But what she was trying to tell me is stay in your lane. Right, you know, stay stay in your lane and remember you're built differently. Yes, yes. Right, monkey see, monkey do. You can't be doing what other people are doing because they might be able to get away with it. Yeah, but you won't. But you won't. Yeah, I like that story. Right, Uh, and I've held that story very close. Not just that, because I'm a black, I'm a black boy, too. Mm -hmm. You know, if if my friends get in trouble. They're gonna be looking at me like, oh, you know, you're going down first. Yeah, unfortunately. So I've always been very hyper vigilant about my, you know, myself, who I'm around, what I'm doing, what they're doing. If I feel like they're doing, you know, if they're behaving way too crazy, I'm like, hey, hey guys, we gotta calm it down. I'm black. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sad. But um, so back to. Being around people, lowering your guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that with the women to break them down, and so that the men can. So basically, I feel like Nexium was was like a cult designed to control women mm-hmm. and just have other men control women. Yeah. Um, especially you'll see in episode eight when they start talking about how women are just 
he basically boils women down to naggy, complainy, emotional beings. Yeah. That don't do anything but talk about men all day. Mm-hmm. Don't lift a finger. They're princesses. Uh, we're just used for sex. When I watched that episode, I was like, I don't know how there are still any women in here. So how do you, how do you feel about that? About how hold on, like hold on, hold on. okay. How long do you think they were talking? Like, until when? Um, I mean, it's, it's just, I could just hear it in my headphones. Okay. You want to do the lizard story again? All That's over good. again? I'm sorry about that. What did you say? Yes. Um, just being around people who you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. and And you letting your guard down is is a very fatal thing. Um, in regards to Nexium, he would entice the women with, you know, show your vulnerable side and um, try to be a better person and I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. But then the women start to see that, I don't know, like it's it's just to get them in the door. But really, I think that Nexium was just like a men are better than women cult because mm-hmm. then he started going into things like women are just, well, he would say like, I'm going to say inflammatory things because I care about you. Mm-hmm. And so he would say things like women are just complaining, nagging, whiny, emotional women, a people beings who are just here as like pleasure for men. Yeah. And they don't lift a finger and men do all the heavy lifting. And, um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Oh, yeah. And so the men start faulting these women like, uh, I'm fault. And they don't even call them by names. They just call them by numbers. Numbers. In this exercise, right? He he had shown them like the Stanford prison experiment. Mm -hmm. And he said, we don't want to be like this. That's what he said when he showed. We want to be better than this. Right? And then he goes, (laughs) turns around and goes like, okay, men, you're better. Do what you want with the women. Yeah. And so he put numbers on all of them like it was freaking American Idol. And they all had numbers. And he, uh, the, the men would fault the women for something stupid like, I sneeze and number 43 didn't say bless you to me. Or number 47 is sitting in front of me. I want to sit there. So number 47 would stand up and be like, I'm sorry, do you want to sit here? Yeah. And she would pull the chair out for him. like. Yeah, it was. I felt like uh, Keith was unloading a lot of childhood trauma yeah mom issues yeah rejection issues yeah because he goes into this whole bit about boys just want to be loved by their mom but they can't and it's like yeah they can but you just unfortunately had i guess a not very good childhood until you think this way but you know um keith there's many uh, you know on the internet there's, you know, on the Reddit, Discord, now it's spilling over to Twitter and Instagram, even Facebook, everywhere, more mainstream now, you know, Red Pill, uh, MagTow, Men Go Your Own Way. Isn't it kind of, is it kind of like the incel community? 
Well, no, let's, 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 you know, it's in, in and out, but it's more so the mentality of a lot of young men who are, who were raised by, or they have this view of the world, very cushiony, very nice, very lovely. And then they're not really given what the world really looks like at an early age, right? They're hidden and they're coddled and they're nurtured. And so then they go out into the real world and they're dealing and interacting with people. And then they realize what my mom taught me was all lies. Is all lies. Yeah. Like it was just to protect me, but not for the better. It's kind of like you're not avoiding. Yes. You're not giving me the tools that I need to survive. You're not tough. You know, you're not, Hey, don't do that. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And so then they go to school and they get picked on because Mm -hmm. mom is like, Oh, I love you, baby boy. You can do whatever you want. You can wear whatever you want. If you want that, do it. No problem. Mm -hmm. But it should be like, no, that's weird. Don't do that. Because when you go outside, they're going to bully you for it. Like parents aren't teaching their children. They're not, they're not teaching their children with a real world application. They're teaching their children with a bubble around them, like the home, your room, right? You're, you're a king, you're a princess. You should be taken care of. You should be loved. No, that's not. That's that's not what is gonna really happen, right? You're gonna meet some Joe, some Joe Blow, and he might not treat you like a princess. Yeah. You might tr- you might meet some Jane Blow, <laughs> <laughs> and she won't treat you like you a know king. they have anonymous names already Jane for Doe you, right? Jane Doe and John Doe, right? Yes. Yeah, but I'm used to Joe Blow. Like, what about the girl? What do you mean, Joe Blow? I've never heard that in my yeah, life. Joe a, Schmo. There's a Joe Blow. Oh, okay. I, so how does this translate into adulthood then? Like, how did that? create keith rainier anger resentment right Mm. you grow up you're interacting with women right you are oh i love you you're the you know very forward very like emotionally emotionally vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so when who at when the girl you're not what you're dealing with doesn't respond in the way that you you thought Mm -hmm. in your mind because of your mom because of your whoever taught you movies yeah Taught you just your they, idealized version your fantasy, of the world mm-hmm. right your fantasy you there's a disconnect that happens and so what are you going to do start self are you going to say oh it's me there's something wrong with me no because Get your mom else. because your mom has told you you know you're perfect you're good you're the best so now you say they're the problem yeah women are the problem the world is the problem so i'm going to fix it that's what keith is trying to do he is trying to shape the world in his image and his ideals yeah. That's what he's doing in his little cult. Like playing God? Playing God, basically. Yeah, because um, he also has, I think he has like branches of Nexium, and he has one in Mexico. Oh, wow. Yeah, where he'll go there every so often. I think whenever like it all came down to him being exposed, he flew to Mexico like to hide. And no one in Mexico knew that he was a bad guy. So really? that's why he flew there. Yeah. Because in American media, like they were like, stay away from this dude. But in Mexico, um, I guess the news didn't reach yet. And so he just flew there and hid. That's the thing with America. I don't know. like, What's up with Americans doing that? Like whenever shit hits the fan, they run away to another country. I mean, Come. either that or you take your own life. I feel like when it go- comes down to that. Well, you messed serious. up. You messed up, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, ideally, you would want to oh, take minority, responsibility. Like, other people don't like other people don't do that. Imagine someone in Mexico messes up. What are they going to do? Flee to like China? Mm. Only like 
And so the crazy thing is for someone to do that, they do do that, but they have money, right? Yeah. And the barrier to do that is very high. But in America, because like America is a big country and they have visa or passport relationships with other countries, mm-hmm. other countries will accept Americans oh, without yes. visas. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, just give us your passport, your ID, no problem. Because, you, you know, you, who would want to stay here? You're going to go back to America if you want. But I'm sure he had, like, his paperwork because he has a branch in Mexico. So he's been there before. Well, that's the thing with when you open up a branch. You're, it's not under your name. It's under somebody else's name over there. But he's, like, regarded as, like, a celebrity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's how he got in. But, yeah, so he he flew to Mexico to hide from everyone. Dang. And um, they eventually found him, obviously, as we can see from the news. They eventually found him. But I think be, even though they found him, the cult still went on secretly mm-hmm. under, I can't remember her name. It was Allison Mack's co-star, but I can't remember her name. Sarah Edmondson? <laughs> no, it was a co-star, Cassie or something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. But um, I don't think she ever got out of it. Who, Allison? Or no, it's that, that co-star. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, like, when you're... the She was branded, right? I'm sure she Oh, Sarah? Like, yeah. She slept... Well, just other girls. Right? Oh, yeah. Because Allison was branded, wasn't she? Allison was branded? I don't remember, but I know that she came up with it. I know she came up with the initials, because if you... You saw yeah, what it, has, it meant, right? K and A. And Keith and yeah, Allison. Yeah, K and A. It's crazy. Yeah. It was, to be honest, though, it was kind of genius. Yeah, I saw that. Like... They'd be if they weren't crazy. They'd be great in marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm t- and and so that the you know the power of marketing is absolutely insane. Yeah, right. Marketing is a science. Psy- it's, it's they 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 combine psychology, sociology, physics, geology, every like math like marketing is a combination of everything. Yeah. Right, because I was watching videos on how to create a good logo. Because I'm trying to create a logo for the for the you know for the brand. Mm-hmm. And in graphic design, there's a, there's something called the golden rule. Right, the golden rule is everything in nature has a certain number or a certain ratio. Mm-hmm. Three six nine, right? Or you know, Tesla, Nikola Tesla was obsessed with the three six nine. He'd walk around his building three times or six times or nine times. Really? Yeah. Um, and so in marketing, the golden rule, right? If you put things in that little spiral thing, spiral thing, mm-hmm. and then the guy was doing it, like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Like, just even it looks very, it looks v- very aesthetic to the eye. Which one? What are you talking about? When you put it within the golden rule. Oh yeah. Rule. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty dope. Yeah. And I tried doing it, and some of my stuff comes out pretty well when it. I think in that terms. But do you think do you think that it's just pleasing to us because like we've been told it's pleasing? It's evolutionary. Okay. It's in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We evolved we evo- we evolved from nature and and that's the thing, right? I keep trying to talk about like things the universe isn't random. This thing ain't random, right? I was researching dark matter and dark energy. And <laughs> on my uh, nightly quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you know, the universe, the way we view it and the way we look at it, we're like ants on oh, a yeah. cosmic scale. 
But then when I start to think that, I get like so overwhelmed. I have to stop. I like it. It humbles me. It, it humbles me because nothing, well, everything matters, but it's more so like, wow, we're very, like whatever you're, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, the universe will continue. And that's what scares me. Like when we think, yeah, when we think about like history and we talk about these people, just their names, then you start to understand these were people that lived. And then you're like, wait, that's going to be me too. I mean, I won't be talked about, but like, don't say that. Maybe you will, you will be talked about, but I'll just be a name Mm -hmm. and I'll be dead. Mm -hmm. I don't want to (laughs) die. I mean, when Elon comes out with the neural link, you can transfer consciousness into like an iPad or something. Uh, speaking of neural links and stuff, I wish Black Mirror would come back already. I don't care that Twenty Ton was a mess. I just wanted to come back. I didn't really like the last Black Mirror season. Oh God, no one did. I didn't like it. No one did. When everybody found out about Black Mirror, I knew it was going to be. I knew this was the end of it. I knew it was going to go down in quality. And also, I think this season the Americans took the hold Americans of it, took right? Over. And America's American filmmaking is so shit nowadays. It's it's like Americans. In the past, the way Americans like Hollywood dominated film, right? They had a very cool way of doing film. And I feel like people were allowed to be creative. But nowadays, uh, there's a cookie cutter. Yep. Like a template almost. Template, like the golden yeah. rule, right? Yeah. How to make a box office hit. Everything's a box office hit. Yeah. But I think the, well, for the Ashley O episode, the one with Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. I think that one was intentionally cheesy. Okay. I think it was, was supposed to like parallel her Disney years, like the whole um, coming in her. I think they pretended to be like rat exterminators and they came in that rat van. Mm-hmm. That was so Disney Channel. Yeah. So I think that was intentional. Yeah. Well, the cool one also was, was the video game one where the guy is having relationships. Yeah, Viper. With, yeah, Striking Vipers. Striking Vipers. Striking Vipers. That one was weird. That one was. That one caught me off guard. <laughs> Whoa, pause. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get back into it. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that that was a crazy episode. Okay, another good one was the one where uh, I I think it was social media where I think... You get points? Was it that one? More so, I think it was like the creator of Twitter. I think they were talking about Twitter or Facebook. (gasps) He is in a hostage situation in the car. I like that episode. It was a black guy. But what was the premise of it? I forgot. So what happened? Something about a hostage and then he was like on a spiritual vacation, hostage situation. Oh, okay. So I think the creator of the app fired one of the workers. Then the worker wanted to get revenge on the creator of the app to destroy him. And so I think he does something like a bomb or a terrorist. And he uses some innocent civilian. I'm not sure, but I think it's around that premise. Somebody was fired from the tech company. Man, it's been so long since we've so seen long. it. I mean, the whole Trump administration has really like given everybody amnesia. I don't even remember. Honestly, what, though. I don't even remember the past four years, to be honest. Me neither. It's been a blur. It's been a blur. It feels like it's been like a con- like a congested blur. Mm-hmm. Like it feels long and short at the same time. Thank goodness for 2021. Thank goodness. You know. <laughs> I mean... Like, the power of leadership, you know, when you have a bad leadership in place, everybody feels that energy. It, it trickles down. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know 
you know, trickle down economics isn't doesn't exist, but you know, trickle down depression does happen. <laughs> <laughs> trickle oh, yeah, down depression is a, is a real thing. It's like yeah. a pyramid scheme, but depression. Yeah, people at the top feel good, and everyone else just feels the pain. Uh huh. Yeah. It's crazy. We and, and we're gonna get a six hundred dollars stimulus check. Can you believe that? What? Yeah, we are. The Congress, they're only going to approve $600. We've only gotten 1800 right? In total. I thought it was 1600 We got 12 Oh, yes. And then we got the six yes. just now. Okay, so 18 Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Canada got three. England, they got, they got more money overseas than we got over here. Dang. That's what I'm saying. You know, why do we keep electing people? Anyways, but... I feel like when the old generation passes away and Gen Z and millennials take over. You think? I promise to God. I feel like I've felt like that too, but I feel like the like the transition is so slow that there that there won't be change because there will just be newer people to fill in those same older generation shoes. In a bad way, I mean. Like they'll just replace them. I don't know because everyone we're all so informed now. Like I know, but the senators who are making the like they're eighty, so they only have they only have X amount of years left, and you know we've seen young people because of the Trump administration heavily active in politics, heavily. You know the the last presidential election was the most voter turnout in U.S. history. It was oh yeah, bigger than Obama's. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So young people are now starting to see the power of being active politically and socially. We're all informed. Everyone is educated. And we are, and we are highly socialized. Yeah, but I think it all, it's also dangerous too because inner, inner information spreads so quickly and a lot of people don't fact check and then they run with it. Kind of like the Coney 2012. Yeah, exactly like the exactly Coney 2012. Like Coney, so and the, you know what's crazy though is that when you talk about that, we both have our different experiences with Coney 2012. Mm -hmm. I think everyone did. What was, was your experience with Coney 2012? So it was back in middle school and one of the popular kids, we, we were all on Facebook friends together back when Facebook was still cool. And um, one of the popular kids was like, they shared the video and I was like, what is this? So I click on it, I watch it and I'm like, oh my God. This is terrible. Why aren't we doing anything about it? Mm -hmm. And so everyone went on their like Facebook and started posting like, um, tomorrow let's, you know, have posters and talk about Coney so people can understand like what's going on, blah, blah, blah. So I spent the night like making posters for everybody. Like stop Coney. Wow. You made posters? Yeah, I made posters. That's so cool. Well, not for everybody, but like for my friends and stuff. And um, so the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh my God. Wow, why do I feel like this? Like, I feel like excited, but scared because I don't know like what could happen. So it was kind of like my first step into activism. Mm -hmm. I go to school with my tiny little poster and I walk in like every, like in middle school, we had different periods. So every period you would walk to your next teacher. So every period uh, I would hold it up, like, cause you have to greet them at the door and I'd hold it up and they would read it and I wouldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. So they could just read my poster and I remember talking to one of my friends and I was like, oh my God, we're going to end up on Ellen soon. Like this is going <laughs> to, this is going to like spread so far. And I think in one of my classes, they actually talked about Kony and, and they were like, it's not as serious as you think, you know, like he's not even a threat anymore. Like he's literally dying. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The video says that he's actively doing this. And so it just shows misinformation and the fact checking and like my eagerness to be an activist, but 
not understanding that, you know, activism has its uh, like demons, like it has bad people in it too. And so like, I think in a week it died down and it was never spoken about again. Yeah. So, and then like he, the dude, Jason Russell, like never, I never saw him again. And I almost bought a bracelet too. I was like, oh, I want to support them, blah, blah, blah. But um, what stopped you from buying the bracelet? It's kind of expensive. Damn. Okay. I was a kid. Look at that. I was like really young. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was just like a string. I was like, is it really going to do anything? I feel like spreading awareness would do more. That's what I thought. And mm-hmm. so I just didn't buy the bracelet. And then apparently like two weeks after that whole Kony 2020 dropped, a uh, 2012 dropped, he was like, like arrested or something. He got in a car wreck. Like he, so on, on my side, <clears throat> I was on Facebook. I think maybe my sophomore year or freshman year in high school. And I was on Facebook and, you know, a, vid- a video popped up and it had the world on it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Astrology, whatever I already seen. <laughs> and so another video, I'm like, okay. Another video and uh, three videos. Okay, what, what are they talking about? So I click it. And and so for me, right, um, I had dial up at the time. So I have to like wait and let the video load up. So I could only watch like the video maybe 10 minutes at, the, at a time. Mm-hmm. And it was a 30 minute video. So I'm like, waiting for maybe 20 minutes to watch 10 minutes of film and i'm watching the video okay oh dang like you know it, it was very good you know the cinematics and everyone, everyone was like we gotta stop coney we gotta stop coney and i show my brother again the skeptic <laughs> I'm like yeah man we're, we're gonna stop coney we're gonna do it we're gonna he's like you're gonna stop coney by yourself i'm like yeah i'm gonna do it and he goes what are you guys gonna go do oh, we're gonna go protest he goes it's 10 o'clock. I'm going to go do it right now. You think mom's going to let you go outside at 10 o'clock to go <laughs> protest about Coney? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, she doesn't have to know. She goes, no, you're not. And so, uh, anyways, I'm still doing my internet stuff. I'm sharing, spreading awareness. I'm like, we got to stop Coney 2012. And uh, other people are doing it too. And we're at school. Everyone's talking about Coney. And uh, a human, an AP, I think it was AP World History. And more videos i think it was maybe a week it proliferated proliferated for a week mm-hmm. and then you know nigga higa posts a video about coney and then someone posts a video about you know coney you know they're like oh the truth about coney you know he has jaundice he has a bad liver he's dying out he's not really a threat i was like dang they got her ass you know they they got us but it's a good thing i didn't buy anything like you said because i was i was broke so Good thing for us being broke, huh? You know, you know, sometimes <laughs> being late to the game is a blessing. Is a blessing. And you're in a lot of like a lot of your life experiences have have uh being late to the game has saved me. Yeah, a being lot. La- yeah, being late yeah. to the game has saved you. Or being broke. Cause I, you know the whole emo phase when people were wearing like skinny jeans and cutting up their pants. Mm-hmm. I couldn't join in that because you know, I only had like maybe one pair of black pants, and if I cut those things <laughs> My mom was not going to let me, you know, live that down. So. Yeah. So, you know, I appreciate my brothers bullying me and making fun of me whenever I got very eager to save the world and, you know, do it all on my own. Yeah. And it seems like his goal was to be more, was to um, broadcast to the more impressionable audience to to spread awareness. And, I mean, it worked. I, I haven't seen any updates on him, but... I'm sure he's reaped the benefits of 
what happened with Coney 20. The video is still up. It still is up, but the comments are off now. This is crazy. It was down, <laughs> but now it's back up. Oh, it was down? It was down, then it's back up. He probably privated it then because the views are still there. That's what I'm saying. It's like in the middle of that money. He still wants that money. Yeah. You know, and he was smart because when people found out it was fake, I'm sure the mob was coming after him. So he took the initiative, pretended to be crazy. Got you think he pretended? I, th I don't know, but for someone to make a fake video like that and go through that process. That's like hours and hours of footage. I'm trying to tell you, this guy is very calculated. Yeah. I'm sure he knew what was going to happen. So he pretended to be crazy, got in a car wreck. And so he, he went to the hospital and then the sheriff was like, oh, okay, well, he, the guy's already like <laughs> messed up. Like, what are you guys going to do to him? So people are like, okay, whatever. Yeah, from white savior to victim. Mm -hmm. And he's got off scot-free. Crazy. Did you see the video of that African kid eating the chocolate? Mm -mm. So there's a video that blew up on TikTok. It was a... It was a Recently? Yes. It was okay. a skinny African kid that was eating chocolate. Are we still doing that? Are we still like using that kind of imagery? You know, not we, but, but like but people... He, but he was... It wasn't poor like flies like oh in the arms of an angel it wasn't like that it was more so like he was one of the, the cattle herders but yeah they are they're still exploiting minorities <sighs> yes that's still a thing and so he, he's eating the chocolate and he's like yeah, what's this and so people are like oh he's so beautiful he's like a model he's like god yada 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 and the chick that took the photo or the video was upset that she didn't go viral what she's like i took the video why you know this is my property i'm like one, you did you get permission from the government to film that and take the film out of the country? Is he getting any type of reward for you filming him? Filming him? Was she? No. no. Was she? Yeah, yeah, she was. <laughs> she, she was Anglo-European, Caucasian. Okay. Yes. That's yes, odd. Like that's so weird. Like they weren't even. They were just saying like, oh, he's, you know, talking about him, and she's over here like, hello, I'm over here. Yeah, like you should be happy that this person got exposure right that your work that's weird and, that, and that's what you know with art people they don't know how to separate themselves from the art mm -hmm. yeah art that's and, and it goes into like you know whenever artists certain artists will do something that is considered problematic and then people will boycott their their uh, create uh their projects mm -hmm. but it's like sometimes you just have to separate the artist from the art because their art is really good mm -hmm. and it doesn't really but then because we're in a capitalist society, us supporting their art supports the artist because, you know, streaming, whatever gives them my only, my money. Only, my only issue is they only do that to black creators. Really? They don't, they don't do that to other white creators, right? Um, the white creators, they have a protection of other white men mm. who will have their back whenever they do get canceled. You know, they can, somebody else in the industry will give them work. Somebody else will give them work. But if a black guy, if the community, because typically with minorities, your community is what's really supporting you to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the people in the industry don't even want you in there. So once your community turns on you, uh, that's it for you. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a scapegoat. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you did this. Uh, I guess you got to go. Right. Like, yeah. you know, the whole the Me Too movement, every like the mine, you know, they got R. Kelly. They got everybody. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Uh they got um, Harvey Weinstein, right? No, Harvey's white. I know, I know, but he 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 messed up. You know, he he got it. No one could protect him. They tried to protect him for a long time. They did though, because they his, tried their best. Yeah, I remember when it first came out, 
And it took a long, long time for justice to be served for that right. dude. Right. The, the guy from Fox News, the, the one that, uh, I forgot his name, he was the creator of Fox News. Matt Lauer. Not Matt Lauer. <laughs> That's uh, the only name I know. Oh, man. But I forgot his name. But Oh, he, we yes, watched the movie, right? We watched the movie okay, about him. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. He, because the whole, you know, the Fox, it was Bombshell. The movie was called Bombshell. And he was accused of sexually harassing the Fox News anchors, mm-hmm. right? He wanted them to wear certain skirts, sleep with him, do stuff sexually with yeah. him. And so when shit hit the fan, you know, he got his women to come protect him. He got the men to come, like they created a wall, but eventually, you know, the wall fell. Yeah. Um, but, right, unfortunately with Joe Biden, right, Joe Biden was accused of, you know, sexual assault, but they quickly brushed that under the Ooh, rug, right? God. Right, and, uh, Andrew Cuomo, the, the mayor of New York, was recently, you know, accused of sexually assaulting interns, and CNN isn't reporting about that. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, Woody Allen too, I think. Yeah, Woody Allen was sleeping with his uh, stepdaughter. Oh, jeez, Louise. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, rotten all the way in and out. It's it seems like every one of those like movements always targets minorities, and they just they bring up you know white people, but. It's just, it, I think it's just like a, like a disguise. Like, oh, we know Harvey, uh, we know Woody Allen is, you know, a sexual predator or whatever. But then they just kind of like push him in the back. Mm-hmm. And then they start actually doing legal damage on like minorities. There, there, you know, there was in the, so what happened was in the 90s, do you know why the news, they usually show the face of black criminals and not white criminals? Why? Because in the 90s, um, there was this, I forgot her name. It was in New York. Uh, a white woman was attacked, and they said it was a black guy. And newspaper like purchases went skyrocketing, right? People went on black hunts, right? People were, they were watching the news to see who this monster was. And it turned out it was a white guy. And then? And so then news articles started realizing, oh, okay, we get more. <gasps> no. Yes, we get more traction, we get more sensationalism when it's about black people. Dang. Yeah, so that's why you see these articles, right? When they say, inmate saved some kid's life, and they, they'll show the black guy in a jumpsuit because they know it's going to cause an outrage, it's going to cause a reaction. Yeah, no, okay, so Vietnamese people, they use Facebook. <laughs> Like it's the most credible source ever. Mm -hmm. And then they create fake articles because I don't know if it's Vietnamese people creating it or people just feeding it to Vietnamese people. But um, I remember seeing a fake article about three black men who raped some girl or like mm, robbed her or something. And it wasn't even true. They weren't even real people. And like these mugshots were from like, other articles that had nothing to do with this certain article, but the Vietnamese community took it and ran like the, not my age, but like parents. Older age, mm-hmm. yeah. And they talked about it. And I, I'm, I told my mom, I'm like, you need to come to me when you have information <laughs> because I'll be your fact checker because news is not legit. And when I first told her that she's like, news is very legit. It comes from the government. Why wouldn't it be? And I'm like, because they get paid to, to, to lie. Yeah. So it's dangerous out there for our parents. Whatever, jo- That's why you have to listen to our podcast for <laughs> true and factual information. Yeah. 
But yeah, you know, like uh, my mom, right? She'll be reading WhatsApp. She goes, Kazo, 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 come look at this, come look at this. This pastor was doing witchcraft on somebody. <laughs> my mom, that's not real. That's Photoshop. She goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, it is. Look at it. Like, just look, it's blurry. She goes, oh, okay. Are you sure? <laughs> so, you know, so now she, she'll consult me if she sees something kind of crazy. I'm like, okay, that's Photoshop. Yeah. You know what I've noticed? People of the older generation don't understand Photoshop, CGI, like all that, like manipulation of image. They don't understand that. There was clearly a green screen in this um, video that I had shown my mom. It was like a skit, Vietnamese skit. And mm-hmm. they were on an airplane and it looked like they were flying the airplane. But she's ob- the person who the actress is obviously not a pilot. But my mom was like, whoa, I didn't know she was a pilot. Like, <laughs> I was like, mom, they're not flying. She's like, they're clearly in an airplane. I'm like, okay, well, how do they get the camera on the outside of the plane like that? And like, how can you hear their voices so clearly? They're not flying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the re- like no. So I think the reason why is because maybe the older generation, they grew up on movies. They grew up like seeing as believing, mm-hmm. right? Facts, data, school, all that stuff. Very like do as you told, uh, reliable sources. But for us, because we're, we're the information generation. Everything is so much information. We see YouTubers, right? We've engaged in media. Mm. Like I've been on the backside of media like my whole life. So I can see like, okay, I, I see what you're doing. I know why you're doing that for. And and so because like the the curtain, it's kind of like the Plato's allegory of the cave. Mm, yes. Right? They're, they're, you know, watching the shadow and we are behind the people who are holding the puppets because we can now we can see outside and we can see okay this, these are puppets yeah our parents we got to get them out gotta, of that we cave gotta, we got to get them out of the sunken place you know yeah i've heard many versions of the allegory of the cave and the most the one that i liked the most was the most like gruesome i guess because mm-hmm. like all the times that i heard it was like Oh, we're in a cave and we're and we don't realize that we're in a cave and then someone pulls us out and we're happy. Woohoo. But the most recent one that I've heard um in college was they're all in the cave and then he gets brought out. One of the guys, I can't remember so long ago, uh he gets brought out into the cave, but the entire time that he's climbing up out of the cave, he's in pain and he just wants to go back into the shadows. Mm-hmm. And he comes outside and the sun is blinding him mm-hmm. and it hurts and he doesn't he doesn't even care to see what's going on. Like he just wants to go back. Yeah. So when they when they told it like that was when I really started to understand like there are people out there who have been in the cave and even when you try to get them out, they don't want to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was my favorite one. And I man, that's been my I know that personally. I'm sure everybody like the Gen Z millennial generation trying to talk to older generations oh, that's how God. It, that's it feels like you're pulling teeth yeah and even you going against the belief system was very tough because some people are afraid because you know they'll lose their family mm-hmm. their family will see them a different way but me i've realized at an early age you know like I, i've never cared for how anybody viewed me all that matters is how i view myself so I've I've always seeked the because like I told my mom I was like yeah you know dogs are an offshoot of wolves dogs never existed in the past like there were wolves and wolves then you know devolved into other things and then humans got wolves and selectively bred them into more docile dogs and stuff she goes that's not true God made dogs I'm like no that's not how it happened but like even even that conversation was very like difficult 
shout, shouting matches, you know, would come up and stuff. But eventually, I mean, she still doesn't really care. But just that that taught me early on that, okay, yeah, you might be right. But you have to realize that people are going to still disagree with you just because mm-hmm. they don't want to hear what you got to say. Because it can, it will shake up their whole worldview. Yeah. Yep. And that's the downfall of our generation, the age of information. You got to know how to sift through the lies. Mm-hmm. But man, it's hard work. There's so many lies out there now. Yeah. Um, e- even like Even like now, I... I went through a whole awakening where everything I knew was a lie. I thought I knew it all. And then I realized I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. So then now I've developed this mindset of a duality, right? Like both things can exist at the same time, right? Like because because to me, I, I w- I've always been right. And I never thought I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, too much pride, it, it, it put a cap on me so I couldn't absorb more information. Even if the information was right, I like, oh, I read it in a book. You know, the book says it was this, but history is written by the winners, right? Somebody can rewrite history yep. and say, this is what happened. But then somebody else can say, this is the true history. Yeah. Right now, who is correct? So for me, I try to hold both views and then I slowly weigh them out and I go through life gaining more information i say okay yeah this this side they got a little bit more factualization here this side they don't really got much here so slowly that size dies off yeah it starts at an early age too the the misinformation because um i have a little brother at home and he's you know learning history finally and i'm sitting there because you have to be there for virtual class you have to sit there with them and i'm sitting there like that's not how it goes. Because right now, I think during Thanksgiving, they talk about like the Indians and the pilgrims and they make it all sweet and happy and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I'm like, what the heck? But it just starts so early and then they just continuously repeat that until you graduate. And then you think that's factual until you get to college and you're like, whoa, I didn't know. Yeah, college was, was a really big eye opener. Like I started going to the, to the library and reading on my own and searching out information on my own. I'm like, Wow. Everything, like everything I've been taught, it ain't it. So now, like, I'm going through a whole new awakening of learning and knowledge and understanding. Yeah, that's good. I feel like you you, you need it after 2020. Yeah. You need an awakening. Yeah. You know, hopefully my superpowers come in. and. When is it? Wait, it's it already today. passed. It was today. <gasps> how, did you, how did you feel this morning? I, w- I woke up, you know, uh, my balls were tingling a little bit. <laughs> And my fingers are tingling too. So I feel like I get my powers. We'll see. I got to develop them as I go. You're going to test them out? I'm going to test them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang. Bust a nut, blow up the whole world. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Call me nuclear nut. <laughs> How long were you thinking about that one? Right now. That was a freestyle off the dome. <laughs> see, my powers are activated. <laughs> so fast yeah. and witty now. But anyways, but back to the vow, man. Um. Because it all comes full circle. You know, it's all cults. It's all about ideologies and ways of thinking, you know. So one thing that was that like in the, the vow that, this, that the guy did was he gave them sashes, right? Yes. And so first you start off with a blank sash, right? And then as you progress and you do more things for the cult, they give you a stripe, mm-hmm. right? And that's that guy, you know, that, that's because 
he understands psychology and people need to see progression. They need to see that they're working towards something. So if you give them a sash, right? Now other people will respect, you know, other people will respect it. You know what I'm saying? I know, but... They see uh, the status, right? That's why, you know, the saying, women love a man in uniform. Uh -huh. What does that signal to a woman? Oh, he's responsible. He has a job. He's a member of the community. He holds position. He's not like he's Joe Blow without any uniform. You get what I'm saying? So the sash gives them status within the cult. And what he did, and so in cult, to keep a cult strong, you need women. And then you need men to be the enforcers. Yeah, they're literal, the men's side of things is literally called society of protectors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to get into, and so to keep men in check, you need to uh, give them an availability of women to reproduce with or to be around because it'll make them work harder mm -hmm. to impress other, to, you know, to impress women. And give them make, a perp feel give, like they have a purpose mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um that's what that's what uh typical you know that, that's what they like germany when germany became a military country right the young men had to join the army and so the men in the army were getting girls and so other boys are joining the army it made the whole army it made the nazi party very cool because you know it, it it preys on humans' natural desires, right? Eat, sleep. You know, the natural desires are to eat, sleep, poop, and have sex. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can eat, anyone can eat, sleep, and poop, but, you know, having sex is multidimensional. Like, it's it's not A plus B equals C. So the Nazi party gave these men status. Join, you know, join us. You know, there's women here, women like us. So it validates the group's legitimacy. Wow. Imagine, you know, being like, yeah, I joined the Nazi party for girls. You'd be surprised how many people that that's a lot of people's reasons for not even just the Nazi party, but just people join things just to get girls. Like, why do people join clubs? Oh, to meet friends. Yeah. Why do people go to the clubs to pick up chicks? Right. And so clubs oh. know this. What do they do? They raise the price of alcohol. Right. So then you go to the club, you buy a girl a drink. You're willing to pay. You're willing to pay a 300 percent upcharge on a drink. You're doing it for a girl. Yeah. Same with, you know, in college, sororities, fraternities. When you're in a sorority, it's not, you know, girls, but it's friendship, networking, uh, parties, status. Stra status. And so in Nexium, they do the same thing, but it, they don't call it a sorority. It's like, what is that? Grandmaster slave? Is it Grandmaster? Well, the group was called DOS, but yeah, Grandmaster. Oh, the women's side. Slave, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Allison was like the head, right? Mm -hmm. She was the Grandmaster. And then, wait, I thought Keith was the Grandmaster. Oh, he was, sorry. Allison was the master. Keith was the Grandmaster. Yeah, and so Allison had her sisters. I guess you could equate it to make it easier to understand. Her sisters that she would be in charge of. So they were the littles and she was the big. Mm -hmm. And they would do readiness checks where she would text them at any hour of the day. Mm -hmm. And they would have to text her back within a minute. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. And then they would do things like, calorie control and that's it when what you they just do in sororities they do that in sororities they do but it's not even just the whole physical aspect of eating it's psychological too food and so they were psychologically breaking them down and they would have weigh-ins like it was wrestling or something <laughs> <laughs> like make sure you don't eat that french fry because you better be a hundred or whatever and and 
through through this slave uh, program, it would recruit more girls because then you would want to become a big as well. You would become a, you want to become a master too. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing about how like this was able to stay intact for so long and like no one exposed it was they had collateral. So collateral was dirt. Yes, like a blackmail contract mm-hmm. where you would voluntarily give up something that could be used against you later. It doesn't even have to be true. It mm-hmm. could be a lie. Yeah, like one of those girls. Wrote Sarah. A, yeah, Sarah wrote a fake letter saying her husband was abusing their son. And her. And her. That's crazy. See, that's that Emmett Till. That's, you know, I don't know what's up with yeah. these women. Like they will quickly sell out a man and say they're being... I don't know, but that's that's very dangerous. Like, and so yeah. they painted Sarah out to be some victim. No, Sarah is a mastermind. And when she got branded, she lost more than she was getting out of it. And so that that's was when she had she, enough. Yeah, because, yeah, she kept she always talked about her being like making a lot of money, being a top earner, but not feeling the status of it. Mm-hmm. She wanted to feel like somebody because she was an actor. She was an actress. Yeah, and she I think she recruited either 2000 or 20,000 girls. Damn. Like like indirectly and directly, I think it was like 20,000 or something wow. like that or 10, I don't know, maybe it's 2000, but still that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. 20,000 girls, that's insane. Yeah, so when it when it went into branding, she was like it's a little bit too much for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, sororities, same thing as a pyramid scheme when you really think about it. Did you ever join a sorority? No. No, no, no. I never wanted to. Like, okay. it never appealed to me. One, it looks kind of crazy. Like, I don't know you. I don't want to be calling you my sister because I, I'm like a family person, and so those family, titles are very personal. Yes, they're very personal, and like, I'm gonna have to pay you to be my sister. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. There's no love involved, and just hearing the bad things about sororities, like hazing, uh, how they treat you terribly when you're a freshman, things like that. It didn't appeal to me because like I can make friends without having to pay someone and it'll be people I like. Mm-hmm. It's not like a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. I've had friends who've joined sororities and um, some of them like it until they hate it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to even get into it. What about you? No, I never joined one, but they wanted me to join one. You know, I was, I would, I would have been a good catch. <laughs> I would have been a good fraternity catch, but I didn't one, I didn't have the money. Two, I didn't have the time. Three, I have a, I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm an independent guy. I don't really like having someone be my boss. Yeah. You know, I've never really worked for anybody. If I ever needed money, I want to start a company on my own. So off the bat, I was never a person to ever be under anybody. Yeah. And having someone who I deemed not intelligent or deemed, you know, not like to be egotistical, but just, you know, if you just okay, yeah, you're a cool guy because you're in a frat. Like, what else are you doing outside of this? Exactly. Like, if like, this frat wasn't here, would you would you be behaving like this? Exactly. And and that's where it's weird because it's like they have the status, but from what? From from a thing that you created yourself? Of course you would give yourself the highest status. Of course. It's like, a, it's like Nexium. Yeah. Yeah. It's just odd to me when people are like, wow, this frat is so cool. Or like, I want to be a part of it because the dude, the people here are blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but they created it. Of course, it's going to be cool because mm-hmm. they say it's cool and they made it, you know, so. Cool. Yeah. But some people, some people get a lot out of, um, out of frats, Greeks. Yeah. yeah. Some people, that's, if they vibe, you know, they, they, 
they're, they're, they want to be part of the group. They feel comfortable being part of the group. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've noticed whenever I get in groups, I get depressed. Honestly, though, too many people, too many personalities got to dim your light. Yeah, dim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get real depressed when I, like, once a group goes grows past three people, I've noticed it becomes too much. Yeah. Too much egos, too many, too many, too much talking, too many separate group chats. And I, I'm not really with that. Oh, you had a bad experience with a friend group, huh? No, no, <laughs> not really. But just, you know, growing up, I moved a lot. Yeah. So I've always been very independent. And just, I know how people are. Like, I study psychology. You know, I know how people get. I've seen, like, the evils in people. And so. I don't want their bad influences rubbing off yeah. on me. Yeah, there's it's it's not worth it. I feel like just for me personally to be in those kinds of situations, those programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cult. Yeah. Once they once they start asking for money, I'm like, okay, hold on. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now we got to draw the line. In the sand. That's my that's my line in, line in the sand. Like, mm-mm. yeah, because mm-hmm. like in in a college, right? There was this wrestling club that I joined, and the wrestling coach was an imposter, and nobody knew he was an imposter <gasps> oh my God, until yes. a year later. I remember, and he was having us do like these drills and I, dumb drills. And so for me, you know, I wrestled back in like from the past podcast. I wrestled in the past, and I know what it's like to wrestle. And the things he was saying and making us do, it didn't really. It, it, and I asked my my high school coach like hey like do you know this guy he goes i don't know that person that coached at that school i was like wow okay that's weird and uh he was asking for like oh have you guys paid your like you know initiation fee which is like 120 dollars and i was like i ain't paying that shit that's a lot i'm gonna just come to practice and practice with (laughs) y'all but i don't care if we don't i don't care um i just like to i want the workout i want to get back into it yeah and um turns out he was he was a fraud so how'd you find out? Well, my life went to shit and I had to leave college for a bit. And uh, there was a group chat on GroupMe. And they're like, one of the one of the female wrestlers were like, I checked out his records and he has not coached at the college that he said he coached at. He's a fraud and we are now kicking, kicking him out of like the club and we're going to make our own new club. And I'm like, oh, wow, T, the girls are fighting, right? And so she forms her own wrestling club, but he still has like, he's still on you know, the university's catalog of coaching. So Mm -hmm. he still has access to the rooms and the mats and stuff like that. And he can still use the wrestling club's name. But I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I wonder how you finesse that. You know, because you have to... Confidence. Because you have to go through people in order to get that stuff. Well, see, that's the thing about clubs at school. You don't have to go through anybody. The students elect the coach, right? The students have to go find the coach. The students have to go find someone. So who's the sucker? That's what I'm saying. That got sucked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who recruited this dude? I don't know, man. (laughs) Well, good thing you didn't pay your 120. Good thing. He ran with that. He's gone. You haven't heard anything of him since, right? Mm Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah, I remember coming to some of your practices, and I'm like, I'm no wrestler, but uh, <laughs> we've been, you guys, been doing these drills for some time now. Yeah, I'm like, bro, when are we gonna, when are we gonna wrestle for real, for real? And we never got to do that, and I was like, damn, this is lame. Yeah, so odd. Goodness, you know, and this like now I understand the Joker. You know, you're just you're so pure in this. You come into yeah. the world so pure, 
And then people around you just, they just take and take and take and take and take and take. And eventually you, just, you start spazzing out. I feel like Joker had every right to be the way he was. So in, in regards to the Joaquin Phoenix version, mm-hmm. like that was, he had, was dealt terrible cards. He was such a good person. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's life, you know, like you can be the best person you want to be, but if eventually, if you don't take control of your life, you're going to be under the foot of everybody else around you. And that's what happened. I he never took control of his life. He always listened to his mother. Yeah. He always listened to his mother. But he did go to therapy and stuff for his mental illness. Like he was trying. I Yeah, he tried, but... See, he, had, he had like a business card so that people don't think he's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. He tried. He tried, yeah. But people just... But his mom didn't give him the tools he needed yeah. to survive. She gave him love... But unfortunately, as a man, because of the way society has shaped itself, a man needs more than just love. He needs tough love. No, he no, no. <laughs> no, he just needs tools on how to live. Yeah. It's not just about love. It's like, how do you approach the world? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't remember her, though. Like, was she, like, emotionally abusive or what was it about her? She was, she was... Yes, but not like you're dumb, you're a loser. It was more so like he's fragile. He can't do anything on his own. <gasps> just come home and give me a bath. Come eat with me. Come watch movies with me. Just be. She was very needy, and because you know his mother was alone, he wanted to be a good son and take care of her. And she took advantage of that. She never pushed him to go out and explore yeah. and have a life of his own. She never pushed him to you know. Like, she never really, and also her fault too. She she was so caught up in her lover, the 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 guy she slept with to c- produce him. He'll come save us. He'll come save us. Yeah, that was weird. Because I think she was an actress. She was a, she was a pretty actress, and that narcissism in her head. Oh. So was the actresses. <laughs> what's up? What's up with actors and actresses, man? I, guess well, I mean, be, don't ask me. Ask yourself. You were in theater, weren't you? I, I was in theater. Uh, Maybe that overinflated self, the sense of self, and having to create a character mm-hmm. can mess with your psyche somehow. Always creating a character, you you forget who you are as a person. Oh. Right, you you forget that you're just a regular person because the spotlights, the stage, the the claps, that dopamine hit every time. Mm-hmm. Your your you know your sense of importance is inflated, like celebrities. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I do agree that Joker had every right to be the way he was. It sucks that it has to be at the hands of other people, though. But I mean, it's the same people who were bullying him, so. Yeah. He, he said, you know, but it's not the, the Joker and Batman, the Dark Knight. He was like, you know, people are only as good as you allow them to be. And I was like, damn, that's, that's, that's true. Right, look Look at early pandemic. People were killing each other for toilet paper rolls. They were, though. That's not even an exaggeration. Like, they, they there was were. blood. Yeah. Were, people were killing each other for toilet paper rolls. That was, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, that's why, like, I've seen how people behave when shit hits the fan. That whole smiling, nice, like, you know, I know who you are under that smile. Stay away from me. Yeah. Man. But 2020 is coming to an end. 2020, you know. <laughs> Coming to an end. It feels like it feels like some. It feels like like an alternate reality, 
when you look back. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Uh huh. Yeah. If you, I don't remember most of it, but like the feeling that I get from this year is just so odd. Like it feels like we were in like a simulation or something. I loved it. I loved. I loved this year, man, because. I got to be alone. I'm a loner. I don't like being around people. I mean, I'm, I'm a social butterfly, but I need to recharge. And so when I heard, don't be around anybody anymore because it's a virus, I was like, this is, this is my chance. And so I took it. I ran with it. You know, I, I, had, I got time to work on myself. Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about it in the other episode. Maybe. You know, I, I used the quarantine as a hyperbolic time chamber to really reflect and work on myself you know, lose the weight, right? Because, you know, two years ago, I was I was out of there. But then, you know, I, you know, this quarantine has really allowed me to focus and get everything in line. So I lost all the weight, you know, built healthy habits, started going to the gym, exercising every day. I remember early quarantine, I'd be up at 5 a.m. running. I'd be on Snapchat, you know, rise and grind, let's go get it, let's go get it, let's go get it, you I know, remember. time to train, time to train, let's push it, let's push it. You know, people didn't like it. I, I don't give a shit uh, because it's not for you, right? If you don't like it, it wasn't for you. We're not resonating. When I put stuff out there, it's for the people who resonate with it. Mm-hmm. So, And people, they'd hit me back like, hey, here's my progress. That's I'll, cute. I like that. Yeah, like I'll go on Instagram and I'll see people working out too. Like they're working out, they're jump rope in, right? Other people have started podcasts too. Like I go on Instagram, tons of podcasts are dropping. I'm like, this is good. You know, the people out there, that needed my content, it really impacted them. Mm-hmm. So if you're a hater and you don't like my content, this wasn't for you. I'm sorry. Sorry to say. Sorry. Sorry to this man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But hey, if you're a hater listening now, thanks for the view. Mm, day and night. Definitely not. I don't know the song, but that song goes hard. That was a good episode. We've hit the post one hour mark. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So uh, anyways, for, for the people out there, you know, we've set up a discord for the citizens of the Internet so we can grow the community. So if you want to join, you know, we sometimes we play video games. Sometimes we chat. Sometimes we watch movies. So if you, you know, if you want to movies. Grow, yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to start watching little movie nights with people. Wow. And stuff like that, but you know? like copyright wise, how will that work? Like we all get on Netflix and we watch the same time. Oh, like Netflix that. party. Yeah, and we can like, oh, that was a cool, you know, we can okay. all chat wow. while we talk. Yeah, so, or even just motivation, like, hey, I'm working out today. Like, look at my progress. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm working on a new project. Like, what do you think? A community so we can bounce back ideas and grow because that's the only We're way. We're farming our own cult, everybody. <laughs> this, this is what's actually happening. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's a support group. It's a support group. But, you know, uh, I really want us to really start pushing for 2021, right? 2020 was a good year for us. 2021. Speak we, for yourself. 2021, we're, go, we're, going, we're going to the moon. We're, we're going to take it to the next level. You're going to make it far, kid. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to drop the Discord link, you know, under the videos or wherever I post the, you know, this little soundbite. Um, also, don't forget to, you know, like, share, and subscribe. Um, also, if you like the podcast, man, donate. Donate to the podcast, okay? You know, uh, we got Venmo. We got Cash App. 
uh, PayPal, you know, anything, you know, donate, anything counts. Uh, we can grow it, do more, help impact the people that need it. Um, and we got more content. We got, you know, we got a lot of projects in the works coming out next year. So be on the lookout for that. Yep. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um, have a safe and fun Christmas or holidays, whatever you're celebrating. And try not to get into a cult this year. We, yeah. only, got a cu- we only got a week and a half. Just do your best. Yeah, try, your, <laughs> try your best not to get into a cult. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you for watching and, and thank you for listening. And we are going to sign out in three, two, one, zero. Bye. So I wow. printed the lyrics of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And would you, I know the lyrics. Would you do us the honors of spitting Rudolph say, the Red Nosed Reindeer? Um, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blissin, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, uh, and if you ever saw him, you would even say it close. Come on, come on! All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Come on! Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you ride my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him, and they shouted out weekly. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you go down to history forever. You go down to history forever. You go down to history. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be Rudolph, <laughs> I'm so